Hey guys, it's Preston here. Before we get started with today's episode, I need to ask you for help. Every week, Clay and I show up ready to give our most authentic, genuine advice for freelancers trying to scale their business, but without a freelancer on the other end of the call, it's really just not as fun. So if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're brand new here and you still haven't joined us for a call, do me a favor and click the link in the show notes of this episode, or just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There, you can sign up for a time to chat with me and Clay. You'll find a short survey so we can learn more about your business, and we promise we'll do our best to help you take your freelance business to the next level. It's all free. There's no catch. We just love to air these conversations on the podcast. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to have everything figured out, but in order to make this show every week for you and thousands of other listeners, we need your help. So visit freelance2founder.com today and sign up. We can't wait to chat with you. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we are joined by Chad, who's working on building his agency in Utah, USA. Chad works with clients all over the world. They hire him because they like and trust him. But what's a freelancer to do when it's time to pass the client trust along to your new team? That's the question we answer together on today's episode. How can I get my clients to trust my team? Building trust in your team can help take some workload off of your shoulders and free you up to continue growing your business, but transferring trust can be fragile and difficult at times. We'll share our best advice plus some great additional tips from Chad at the end of the show after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co. And joining me on the air today is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Visit GetDripify.com, you guys. Uh, Clay's business. You can see what he's working on there. Him and his team, they're building some pretty cool stuff for service-based entrepreneurs like you. So be sure to check that out. Also joining us on the air today is Chad. Uh, Chad, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Chad, I, I feel like you've told me how to say your last name, but I don't remember. And I'm so sorry. Can you tell everyone how <laughs> we say your last does. name? Yeah, it's Gravelaze. Gravelaze. It, like, um, it sounds like a delicious food of some kind to me. 
<laughs> it's it's a it's a talent. It actually means by the ditch. So whoever my ancestors by were must ditch. have lived by a ditch. All right. Okay. Well, doesn't sound so appetizing anymore. But in any <laughs> in any case, uh, we're excited to have you here on the show. Why don't you start uh, kick us off by telling the listeners a little bit about you, uh, maybe where they can find you, and then uh, and then what your business looks like currently. Yeah. So uh, I started freelancing five years ago as a video editor. And uh, since then, been able to grow things up to where I have a, a small team now of freelancers only uh, that that help me out as I'm trying to transition into an agency. And my business has always been in the video production world. Uh, again, as a freelancer, I started out video editing, um, but then I moved more into video marketing and video strategy, helping clients to launch YouTube channels, helping them to grow YouTube channels and build up video SEO, starting video blogs, um, helping with video production on their website. I've done a lot with uh, media that has value in and of itself. So I haven't really been in the advertising commercial world. I, I do more videos that are educational, that uh, podcasts would be one of them, or any kind of YouTube video where it's educational and is valuable is the kind of content that I've created for my clients. Um, and uh, yeah, I left the employee world after only a few months after graduating college. Uh, it just really wasn't for me at all. I attempted freelancing. I quit nine months later because I couldn't make enough money. <laughs> and I had a family to support. And then I, a year after that, I went back into it. And I was like, I have to, this is, I can't work in this uh, corporate uh, employee kind of job. I have to I have to freelance. And so I ended up getting a lot more help the second time around. I found some mentorship and read books and took some courses and just got educated on how to make it work and have never looked back since. And so now I operate a video production agency. Um, it's fairly small and I'm hoping to grow it bigger. Um, and I also run a, a blog where I share some of my own experiences and insights on freelancing called airlight.tv. And then my Agency is airlightvideo.com, and that's where I uh, market my services. I love it. And I, speaking of uh, your podcast and, and your brand, I was uh, honored to be a guest recently on your podcast. Do you want to plug that show real quick? And then we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more about your business. Yeah. So I launched a podcast a few months ago called Go Back to Bed. And you can find that on YouTube. You can find it on any of the podcast apps and also on the website, airlight.tv. And it's all about... Uh, it's, I, I mostly interview, uh, self-employed or business owner parents. Um, it's really focused on helping families who are in a self-employment type of situation. And, uh, I might, and I, love... I might need that. I might need that content soon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not might. I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to have my yeah. first baby. <laughs> Clay, you just, woo. We haven't said it on the air yet. So, uh, no, like, I'm, we're two months away. So, and this now relates to me. <laughs> Sorry, don't, don't, don't mean to interrupt. I, two I, months? Huh? You're two months away? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're seven months in. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my wife's pregnant with our third and we're about six months away, so... There we go. That's yeah, sorry. Awesome. Don't, keep I, I don't mean to interrupt. I, I just got excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was great. I, I've been waiting for you. You know, you told me a little while ago, and I've been my lips have been sealed, but I've been waiting for you to to drop the bomb on the air. So, congrats yeah. to Clay. <laughs> I expected his first kid, and um, yeah, that's that's a big deal. And Chad, Chad, you've got a you've got a couple. I've got a few kids. So yeah, Chad's show is all about. Um, you know what I love about the show, Chad, and I I was totally spoiled and. 
and didn't let you do this, but you you record a lot of the shows super early in the morning or late at night when when people's kids are asleep. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, that's mo- <laughs> that's mostly because I I usually wake up at five, sometimes four. There's a lot of work. I get some of my best work done before my kids wake up. Yeah, totally. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Now yeah, we just talk about how to not go back to bed like uh, society is telling you to do. In other words, don't stay comfortable. Uh, it's okay to take the road less traveled, and that's what. We're all about here, so I'm excited to talk more about yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's dive into it. Uh, everybody who comes on the show, including you, Chad, although I think you are going to impart uh, some of your own expertise here today, everyone who comes on for a coaching call, though, fills out a questionnaire. Uh, and and in, on that questionnaire, among other things, we ask, where are you currently on, from freelancer to founder? One being a freelancer, 10 being a founder. And you put that you're a five, but in the next year, you'd like to be um, more up to uh, a nine, a lot closer to like mm-hmm. the founder running your own company. Maybe um, walk us through, Chad, what a nine looks like in your mind. Like what's a perfect picture of a nine for your business? Yeah, for me, a nine is, uh, it's hard for me to put 10 on anything. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, but uh, for me, a, a nine is where I have a more of a more solid, reliable team of people helping me consistently. Um, right now I have... Uh, five different freelancers that uh, are on my team. They're part-time. It's only a couple hours a week each. Um, but sometimes there's bottlenecks. Sometimes there's, hey, they have other stuff they're doing, um, working on other client projects because I'm not giving them enough hours where they're blocking out time every day. Um, so I'm kind of in a situation of, I know I can grow beyond where I'm at now. Um, I do have a small team and I'm trying to transition to a place where essentially once I'm a nine, I could go out of town for a week and my business can keep running at full steam. (laughs) Whereas now it's, I still have to answer a lot of emails and I'm basically the point of contact for all my clients. So as far as executing, like I can, I can, I can take some time off and we can still get some projects done and worked on. Uh, But there's other aspects of the business that do crawl to a stop or slow significantly if I'm not working. Um, So I want to get to that point where I don't imagine it being this huge company. Um, at least right now, to me, a nine, and maybe the nine will, you know, there'll be a new nine later. But to me, a nine a year from now is me just having maybe uh, seven or eight, possibly 10 team members. Again, I'm, I'm trying to stick to mostly the freelancer model. Um, yeah. But where I have a more solid, reliable team, where I can be comfortable taking on bigger clients, bigger projects, where there's faster turnaround. Um, and I just have a better system in place, where I feel like I'm running a more of a real operation here. I still feel like I'm a little disheveled and organized as I'm uh, getting projects mm-hmm. done, yeah, coordinating so, with my team and so yeah. forth. You just, you feel like a freelancer. You feel like you, without you, the thing doesn't live on its own. Yeah. And I, I do have yeah. to say like, that is a refreshing feeling. Like the, the day you realize, you know, I can, I can go out of town for two or three days or a week or a month and the business, can, we have processes, we have people and, and the, and the business is continuing to run. So I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that's definitely a great thing to aim for. What's what's kind of keeping you back, holding you back? What's uh, what's got you frustrated or stuck? What's holding you back from reaching that ideal situation? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. I think there's a couple things. I think one, my business was, so as I started out as a video editor and then I moved into more video strategy and mm-hmm. doing a lot of consulting work, um, my my selling point was my own expertise and experience being a consultant. Um, so I've, and it's still very much is relying on people looking at what I have done opposed to what my company has done. And they look at, hey, I, you know, you worked with so and so, and they said you're great to work with for these reasons. And and they look at, you know, my have a profile on Upwork. I use Upwork a lot, LinkedIn, um, and they they look at my experience, and it's very much still tied to me as being who they trust. And so, and I don't know how to go beyond that. Um, and part of it is maybe hesitancy to. It was very hard at first to make the leap to even start to hire other people to even take on. Like now, yeah, I don't do any video sure. editing myself, um, but I've been able to manage that transition. And now I'm okay to have somebody else do the video editing and do some of the writing. And I have a personal assistant that does stuff a couple hours a week for some admin tasks. But I do all the sales, I do all the outreach because it's still very heavy. On mm. I'm having a conversation with a potential client, and they're getting getting trust in me opposed to my company. I haven't built enough of like a a company reputation. Yeah. Um, and that I don't know how to get over that hurdle. And some of that is my own resistance of like letting go of some things that I've been uh controlling over. Um so yeah, I think that's really really holding me back is just having yeah. too much of my brand attached to me. Let's let's dive into that because Clay, I know you've gone through this. I've I've gone through this a bit as well. I I uh Every company I've ever built, I intentionally tried to remove myself as early as possible. Like I, 
I didn't want to be part of the brand. In fact, when this podcast first started, I was not a host on the podcast. Like I didn't want to be involved in it because meaning I didn't want to be publicly, you know, visible or whatever, because I just feel like, you know, the more you can separate your person from the brand, the the more the brand can stand on its own two feet. But I guess Clay, like you, I'd be interested to hear your experience when you grew your agency in Little Rock because it did start out with you first doing like some web design yeah. for some clients. And then it was you and like one other person helping you with sales. And then like, how did you eventually like transfer the trust from you? So you're a, a likable, trustable, nice guy that people like to do business with. Oh, thank you. How, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> how, like, how, how did you transfer that then to your team who maybe people didn't know them personally or whatever? Like what advice do you have for Chad? Yeah, so this, is, this was actually one of the toughest things I had to get over to. Um, and I think it's a, this is just from my experience. It's all about expectations. And so that I, I, for the longest time, it was over a year. I know for a fact where I still had that mindset where it's like, okay, people want to work with me specifically. And that's it. Like they're only going to, they're only going to buy my service only Mm. if they can work with me. Like that was a thing, that was a mental block that I had to get past and it took me forever. Um, the, the, the thing that solved it for me was uh, one thing, I, I, the, the, it, this is literally the only thing that I did um, that fixed this for me. And it was when I, whenever I talk to clients, I set that expectation on the front end and I set it more than once. So I was very, very clear that I was going, like someone on my team was going to be handling certain things to them. Like I I said this to them, but we also said this in our marketing. So any kind of emails that we sent out, um, it was was all about like, hey, uh, Hannah's going to do this, like Alyssa's going to do this. Um, But I, I also said it verbally to my actual clients. I said, hey, uh, I have a team. I I trained all of them to do all the things that I want them and 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 they the things that they need to do in the way that I think needs needs to be done. Um, I trust them one hundred percent. You obviously, if you have a problem, you can always reach out to me. But these are the this is my team who's going to be working directly with you. And so I figured out that ninety plus percent of clients. As long as I set that expectation on the front end, they were fine with it. No problems at all. And then as soon as I got past that, um, dude, it was just like, it was easy after that. Like, no joke. It, 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 was, like a, it was like a switch. I don't know. I, I, I wish yeah. I, I beat myself up over it because I, I had this mental block for the longest time. And I literally, all I had to do is set that expectation on the front end. Uh-huh. And so... And I think it starts as early as when they hire you. Do they think they're hiring a freelancer or do they think they're hiring an agency? Because if they think they're hiring an agency, like this point is kind of moot. But if they think they're hiring a freelancer and then you subcontract, like I can totally see why a client would get mad about something like that. You know, it all starts in the sales, the sales meeting. Yeah. But even before they become a client, even before, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. That's really helpful. I didn't even think about that. Well, well, good. I'm glad. Um, let's take a quick break for a, a sponsor message here, and then we'll dive into a bit more when we're back. It's all about, you know, think about all the things in this world. I mean, 
everything, everything where people are disappointed. I mean, literally everything, not just in the freelancing world or the marketing world. When someone is disappointed, it's because they expected one thing and didn't get it. I mean, (laughs) everything. And so Mm -hmm. if somebody was expecting a mediocre product and they got a mediocre product, they're not going to be disappointed at all. <laughs> That's what they were expecting. Mm. Uh, so as long as as long as somebody says, "Hey, um, here's a product. Um, it's really cheap. It's not the best, but it didn't cost <laughs> you that much." They're not going to yeah. be disappointed at all. And so it's all about expectations. Like that's literally everything that in this world where there is disappointment, it's expectations. Yeah, I. Uh... Cause so the, I guess one of my biggest problems is a lot of my leads come through things like uh freelancer marketplaces, like Upwork, where it's built around mm, my yeah. profile. So you have this expectation that they're like, Hey, we're trying to f- hire a, a YouTube strategist. In other words, a single person. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and I still have quite a few, I mean, all my clients now, they know that I have some team members, but it was a little, they didn't expect it at first. Cause I'm like, Hey, so I have a video editor and Hey, I'll have my, uh, graphic designer do this. Um, but I'm almost shy about it as I'm talking about it because I know that initially they were just thinking they were going to work with me. And then when I say, Hey, I have this small team and, but I haven't, I haven't just in that sales call been really bold about like acting as if, Hey, you're hiring an agency. This is how it's going to work. Plan to hear from so-and-so it's always just, I'm yeah, there's definitely been that hesitancy well, for me to, yeah, but that makes I mean, a lot think, of sense. I think thinking through like Clay's idea of, of of disappointment and and why people are disappointed. I agree with it wholeheartedly. If you consider though, if someone were to hire a singular freelancer and then find out that they've actually hired an agency, the only scenario in which I can think they might get upset about that is if it costs more than they were expecting or if there's more hoops to jump through. Like they have to communicate with more people or it's more of a pain. Like if they thought they were just hiring... Chad to do some YouTube strategy for them. And all of a sudden they have to email four different people just to get answers on stuff. Like I could totally see why that would be frustrating. However, if they think they're hiring Chad at a, at a good rate and they think they're getting one guy and then all of a sudden they're getting five guys or, you know, five people, not necessarily guys getting five talented people on a team, then like, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a surprise and delight moment. That's like, a, here's all this extra support I can give you that other freelancers can't give you. And so I think it just depends on how you spin it all. Uh, you, you sell it as a positive thing. Like if it's okay with you, Chad, I, have, I took a couple notes of ways that I transfer trust from me uh, in an in initial contact with a client to the rest of my team. And here are just a couple that I want to yeah. fire off quickly. So I, a lot of times, um, will, uh, will give my team... Uh, responsibility over certain decisions that even I have to check with them about. And so like, if someone says to me, hey, can we run a campaign in October? I literally have to respond to them. Let me check with my uh, so-and-so manager and and I'll get back to you um, about the timing. Or I CC them in and I say, hey, Bilal, what do you think about the timing on this campaign? Do we have availability that month? And so all of, so what that says to the client is, you know, he's not like the end all be all of the company. There are more people making decisions and people that can be trusted um, and people that are like taking the reins on things. So that, that's one thing is like, I, I position them almost to be better than me or more important than me in some ways in, in certain yeah. decisions so that they see them as authority as well, not just me. Um, 
I, uh, I always offer introductions like as early as I can. I'll just say like, hey, this is, this is Adam, my blog manager. Um, he'll be the one, if you end up going through with this, he'll be the one that'll help you get published on the blog and help you with the whole, make sure the whole thing's successful. And then I also always, then I, I quite often, if it's a bigger client, I've stopped doing this with smaller clients, but if it's a bigger client, I'll say, um, and here's, here's you know whoever from my team, and I'm still 100% available if you need me. You can reach me via email or my phone. You can still reach me, but I know so-and-so is going to take great care of you. Probably can give you more attention than I can even. So, um, so you're in good hands, but I am still here 100%. And those are just a couple ways that, that I've been able to, to have. Again, it just comes down to like, they don't, they don't want to feel insecure. They don't want to, your clients don't want to feel insecure. They don't want to feel like they're not going to be able to reach someone. They don't want to feel like someone's not going to take care of them. As long as they feel taken care of, you know, they're, they're good. Yeah, and I I would actually oh, I would actually on on I I would actually take a, a slightly different approach to sites like Upwork, um, because the the very unfortunate thing with sites like that is they already set those expectations for you mm-hmm. on the front end, like even before they even sign up with you, just because like that's just the nature of the of that kind of website, um, and so in that situation. I probably wouldn't even tell them, this is just me. I probably wouldn't even tell them that I have a team. I would just have them work with you. Let somebody else do the work on your team. You just hand it off. and But it's you communicating with that client and you delivering the assets. Um, that's what I do. I, you could even go a step further. And uh, if you have someone like a VA, uh, you can have a VA just do that on your behalf. And so like, like, for example, I have someone on my team who, who this just, this is just something I do. Uh, I have someone on my team who manages my email. So like, she handles all the basically all the bullshit. And then she puts everything in a folder for me that actually requires my response, like that actually requires Mm -hmm. my fingers to type. And that those are the only emails I respond to. But like, a VA could do the same thing for you in like the Upwork uh, example. Yeah. Like, Assuming know. it doesn't go against any Upwork policies or for whatever. Sure. Clay, yeah. Clay and I haven't researched any of that, so we don't know for sure. But Good I agree. Like, you, you, yeah, <laughs> you, could, you could have someone doing that day-to-day liaisoning or communicating and passing important stuff on to you. They also, I think Upwork also, maybe Chad, maybe you know more about this, but I think Upwork also has an option where you can actually set up an agency within Upwork where you're like yeah. the agency head and then other other subcontractors on Upwork can be part of your agency. So that could be worth exploring because then instead of feeling like they're hiring a, a freelancer, they are hiring an agency. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people will pay more for that kind of thing. So that could be an opportunity there. Yeah, I know Upwork's uh, agency setup is a little odd. I, I think I tried to attempt to do it at one point, but yeah, it, I think it is a little it's, weird. It still kind of advertises each individual freelancer's profiles and it's got this weird... Just has kind of a weird setup, but uh, like I'd love to move beyond relying so much on these freelancer marketplaces. Is also my goal, and when I get to a nine, I want leads coming in from a more diverse set of sources, so yeah. that I can almost easier, you know, because I have a website and everything, but I still get a good portion of my leads from uh, Upwork specifically, and um, and then from that, it's like might be word of mouth from somebody that originally worked on an Upwork or something, but. Uh, I think yeah, I think I sites like yeah. I think sites like that are are more are I think they're really good for people who are starting out and they're also really good for like 
uh, to keep to stay busy and like just keep the revenue up. I I don't I don't think they're they're good for like at scale at scale. Yeah, <laughs> there's a very very small percentage of of users on sites like that 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 yeah are scaling mm-hmm. their business for sure. Um. Uh, Chad, are we headed in the right direction here? I feel like this has been, uh, yeah. you know, some good stuff so far. What other what other hurdles yeah. can we tackle? Do you feel like we've done that one justice? Where should we go from here? Right. I would really like to know what's working. What's working for you? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? I guess what is so about a year and a half ago is when I hired my first uh, freelancer to help out, and it was a video editor. I'm like, what's the what's the easiest thing I can see myself starting to offload? Um, and and then it was in and out with that. And then I ended up realizing I needed some redundancy. So then I hired a second video editor and then a writer and then a second writer. And then only recently in the last few months that I decided to get a virtual assistant to help with just random stuff. Um, so what, I mean, what, what has gone well since then is I was able to triple my business once I started hiring people. I was around uh, 6,000 a month in, in revenue before I started hiring people. And then it went up to 18. Wow. Um, so yeah, even just with how that's disheveled good. I feel like I am, it still made a huge difference starting to hire because then I had to switch up my whole pricing structure. And that also freaked me out of like, wait a second, I'm not financially ready to pay these people because <laughs> I'm used to only <laughs> charging for this hourly rate that was basically just my income. Um, and so I flipped over to a lot more um, like weekly or monthly retainer type fees and also just that recurring type revenue of, hey, if you pay this amount per week, these are the services and deliverables that you can expect on a weekly basis. And having those flat rates uh, really helped me to substantially increase the revenue and also have the funds to then pay the people I was hiring, um, where it was no longer them wondering, wait, why are you all of a sudden charging 500 an hour? And I'm like, no, I'm, not, I'm working as an, or, you know, I'm working as an agency now. I'm Here's the flat rate. You're, you're paying two fifty a week. I have so when I do like a YouTube, uh, uh, when I take on somebody's YouTube channel, I manage everything. There's usually a flat fee of two fifty per week, and that has allowed me to get some recurring revenue. So something that has been a success over the last year is establishing some recurring revenue that yes. I didn't used to have. Yeah. Um, and that you get some things along with that. You get uh, consulting as needed. But then per video that gets published, that adds on more to that weekly fee. Um, so there's a set of deliverables. They're not just paying for my availability. They're paying for me to do certain things every week. Um, so I said that that was definitely a success over the last year, just getting to a place where most of my clients now are paying at least a base fee that's recurring. Mm. And then there's different add-ons that get attacked onto that, depending on what we can, uh, what they need and what we can accomplish. Um, but I'm definitely okay, hitting a I, wall I have, regarding the oh, types sorry. of clients and just getting yeah, bigger yeah. projects. So let me so ask forth. this question. So you won't have heard this episode yet because it hasn't aired, but we, we last week, so by the time listeners hear it, this is weird. I'm like in the future and in the past at the same time. But last week on the, on the show, we, have, we will have talked to Kendrick, uh, who is also a videographer, uh, two videographers in a row now <laughs> between Kendrick and Chad. Um, and Kendrick was was talking about like wanting um, these big ticket clients, high production quality, which, you know, nothing wrong with that, obviously. We advised him to maybe work on some recurring revenue, some some smaller scale projects, but on a monthly recurring basis. And he was worried about like, 
bringing his brand down a little bit. Um, all valid concerns. I guess like how how have you seen Chad? Have you have you seen that going to like a retainer model or a recurring revenue model? Does that does that bring down your video quality? Does it bring down your client quality? Um, or does it provide what I was saying was I, I would hope it would provide opportunity to then upsell and turn some of those lower paying clients into like, you know, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty, thirty thousand dollar a month clients. Uh yeah. So it actually, yeah, it did the positive for me. I think it really helped. Um, it helped me attract some other clients that did see me as more than a freelancer. So a lot of my clients that do see me as a, a step up from a freelancer, but not quite this full operating crazy agency. Um, so they, cause they, they all know that I have uh, team members that help yeah. with some things, but they're still mostly dealing with me. Um, but I have been able to get, like I have some clients that they uh, are paying a couple thousand per month um, on because of the extra stuff they're paying for on top of those baseline fees. So I don't have any recurring revenue at very small amounts. I mean, the smallest would be um, about a thousand a month. Um, I don't have any clients that are paying less than that. Yeah. Um, but then I have random uh, projects that I add on to the revenue. Like if I build out a strategy, if somebody's they're launching a new YouTube channel, they're trying to figure out how to do video um, on social media, then I, I build out a strategy for them. It's a flat rate, and they pay for the strategy, and that also brings in some extra revenue. But I'm doing the whole thing, and uh, it's you know I for only a couple hours of work, I'm able to deliver a substantial amount uh, for them because of just the systems I've put in place with it. But I definitely think it has opened up more opportunities, but I also think that because of me not having, because I'm not confident in my team being as reliable and maybe as big as I want it to be, I know I'm, I've, I'm, I'm closing myself up to opportunities to work with bigger clients, bigger projects, bigger mm -hmm. companies that are willing to pay for larger packages because I know the demand is going to be higher. And I'm like, I don't feel like I have the infrastructure mm. to handle um, larger volume of work that would then end up falling on me trying to. Yeah. So are you, so are you thinking you'll stay sort of at the size of client that you're at? Or do you think you'll leverage some of the revenue that you get from these clients to eventually build the infrastructure that you would need for the higher ticket clients? So what's your, what's your plan? Yeah, I'm hoping that I can go after more of the higher ticket clients. Yeah. Build the infrastructure. Um, that can allow me to keep growing things bigger, but it's like, what comes first? Is it the, cause right. yeah, I have, I have some extra revenue coming in that I could invest into, but like, I don't want to hire somebody new unless I know we have the work to, uh, yeah. to, to send them. But then I also don't want to work with somebody new if I don't have the, the people yeah. to, to the do nice, the work. I for mean, the them. nice thing <laughs> is like right now you don't have anyone full time. And so you could check everyone's, right. You could check everyone's bandwidth, see like you know how much more could you give me if we landed a client that needed more support, and then that could be a really easy way to go. Then land a couple clients. You know you have these people you already trust that you already work with, and that could give you each an extra five or ten hours a week. Uh, you know, and then and then that seems like mm -hmm. seems like a pretty easy segue potentially. Yeah, yeah, that would be a way of approaching it. Yeah. Well, good. I think this has been really interesting. Uh, Chad, what, what have we not talked about that we need to chat about before we wrap up the call? Um, what would be, I guess, some of the... Like, what would be the best next step regarding how to uh, be able to rely more on... Like, something that keeps 
spinning around in my head is the idea of hiring. I think it was after listening to one of your podcast episodes, hiring somebody to help with sales hmm. or um, or at least lead generation. Because I feel like I'm I'm spending most of my time either operating my business or doing work for clients. And then I respond mostly to invites to jobs and occasionally spend some of my own time looking for some other ones. But I feel like I'm not going to get outside. I'm not going to be able to diversify my lead generation sources maybe without some help. Like what advice do you have for hiring somebody to help with the sales aspect? And should I do that? Should that be like the next hire? Um, it's also harder for me to think of offloading that. But at the yeah. same time, um, I don't know how to scale so, to more clients without it. Tackle that right after this quick message from our sponsors. Your current team right now? And what are the roles? I have so I have like a I have a, a virtual assistant that helps with random things about five hours a week. They, she can go up to seven or ten. I have two video editors, a graphic designer, and two copywriters. Okay. So all service stuff. And what do you do? Sales. Yeah. And I do uh, the strat. I build out the strategies for the client, and I I'm the main contact point. I'm the over. I'm basically the project manager on any of the projects that we're handling, and I do all the sales. Okay. And then just also help manage the team. Where, where do you want to be? I want to, my vision is to focus mostly on, I want to keep, I want to be more of a content creator to build out my own blogs and content. Like I love to create more videos on how to build up a YouTube channel opposed to just doing the client work. Um, I'd, I'd love to get to a place where I'm just operating my business. I'm not doing any work directly for clients eventually. Um, the strategy part's hard because a lot of our sales come from them trusting me to build out a strategy. Um, but I would love to not be doing the sales. I would love to not be doing the actual work for the clients. I'd love to just be running the business and creating content for the business and managing the team. Which one was still... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just curious. So, the re... But the revenue would still come from clients or, or you're talking yeah. about changing revenue sources too? Yeah, well, clients and also uh, also content. Content. As well, yeah, I'd love okay. to cool. add in there. Which one would you rather offload first, the project work or the sales? Probably, um, probably the sales. Okay. Um, so I will tell you, it's it's a lot harder to find a salesperson um, versus versus a service. Like someone who actually services yeah, your account. Totally. Um, mm -hmm. You have to hire like 10 plus salespeople to find the right one. Just, I'm just going to be straight up with you there. Um, it, a lot of people think that they can just go and like interview a bunch of people. Dude, let me just tell you like, out of 10, oh, pe out of 10 people that you interview for a sales position, they all, they all talk a good game in an interview. Because they're salespeople. Yeah, <laughs> but, but they're not. But they're not. That's what I'm saying. Like, but like if you, but nine out of ten, if you mm. hire them, they can't do shit. Like, no joke. They they don't mm. know how to sell, but they know how to talk a big game. Um, and mm. but you'll find that one person who actually knows how to sell. That's why it's like super hard to find a salesperson. Um, because you have to hire ten, like ten times the amount, ten times more people to actually find the right person. Um, mm. So I, I, I don't know. This is a tough one because like it, 
if you if you yourself are really good at sales, um, I would say kind of the short band aid, uh, and maybe Preston has a different take on this, is you offload you first offload the project work because that's easier. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it frees up more of your time to be able to make more sales, but mm-hmm. simultaneously yeah. you also just continue like just kind of kind of on the side like start looking for a salesperson, um, and 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 honestly the best place to look is probably your current team maybe maybe um, I don't know yeah. who your team is but mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for a salesperson to sell if they know how to do the stuff. Um, because yeah. they can talk the tech game. Um, but that doesn't mean that just because they're on your team, they can be sales. You, you got to find the right personality. Um, but like that, that's just a long process. And so if you want to, if you want to, a lot of people think about hiring a salesperson because they just want, they want sale, they want more sales right now. But that is a long process to, to hire the right salesperson. So if you want sales like in the short term, I would, highly consider just offloading some of the project work off your plate. And that way it increases your sales capacity. And then at the same time, you just continue, you just start looking for a salesperson and then eventually you'll find the right person. Yeah. Which it sounds like you're, you're in the process of doing already. Like you've offloaded a lot of the the project work. Um, But I think too, like it's worth noting, Clay, you short shortcutted that process, um, which I've always admired this particular piece of your story, which you you shortcutted that process by finding someone, correct me if I'm wrong, who uh who had worked at another agency doing sales. Yeah. Isn't that wasn't that like the first person you hired at your agency? Yeah. It was like someone who had done sales at a similar agency before? Yeah, that that well, it's kind of funny funny story because yeah, that is that is true. And I was doing all the project work. Um, and she was doing the sales, but it, some weird transition happened where, (laughs) where she actually moved from sales to operations. And I moved, this happened when we, we hired our first employee or well, I guess third, my second employee. Uh, so I, I hired her first for sales and then I was doing the project work. And then our very next hire was someone to actually help offload some of the project work. And then when that happened, Mm. I actually moved into a sales role uh, organically, and then that first hire that I had, she moved into an operations role, and so like it 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 worked it's out. Fluid. <laughs> like yeah. it just we yeah. didn't do that on but, purpose, but yeah, my first hire was a salesperson for sure. Yeah, I just I just think it's worth noting, like you know, Chad, if if there's someone who you've worked with uh, at one of your full time jobs that was that you liked working with and that was good at sales, you could maybe hire them on a part-time basis to test it out, see if like after hours they want to try selling for you. You could look on LinkedIn and see if you have any connections of people who work in sales. And and mm-hmm. like, again, try them out just like you do. I mean, it's the exact same process for finding people you've offloaded work to in terms of video editing and that kind of thing. Like go to go to LinkedIn or, or tap your own personal network and say like, who do I know that's good at sales? Let's go on a, on a part-time trial basis. I'm going to, I can pay you you know, a flat fee plus a commission or whatever. Salespeople love commissions, um, and, and and see how it if works they don't, out. And they're then, not salespeople. <laughs> that's right. And then like Clay, and then like Clay said, you know, it might take you five or ten people to find the right one, but um, but over time you'll you'll be able to find the right person. I, I think uh, yeah. I think it can be hard when we're not 
uh, professional salespeople ourselves, like you know exactly what to look for in a video editor, right? But mm-hmm. you, you don't know exactly what to look for in a salesperson because you're kind of making it up as you go as well. So that can be a challenge. Yeah, but, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> of what I've seen so far, it's a lot of, hey, I'll promise you to get 10x leads from yeah. LinkedIn in 30 yeah. days and a lot of random stuff. And, and the more I think about it after you've been talking is, um, there's a lot of project work that I know that has been bugging me for a while that I know I can hire somebody else to do that I real and it's certain things that I know I'm not even that good at. Uh, there's certain aspects yeah. of what I'm doing that I'm like, there's somebody that could just have a much bigger strength in this area um, that could be doing this. And that, and if like when I when I spend a whole week when I'm like, hey, I'm I'm drying up with clients. I know I need to find some new ones. I have some projects expiring soon, and I spend a whole week doing sales. I I, I bring in a lot of great new clients when I mm. focus on it. But then when I'm so busy with project work, and that's yep. why it's been on my mind of like, oh, I haven't done any sales in a couple of weeks. I'm going to end up hitting a gap. Um, but if I yeah. had that time, because I had more people helping with various aspects of the project, um, then that may be something that I just more patiently kind of look towards rather than, rather than feeling like I have to rush and find a salesperson now so I yeah. can yeah. keep clients coming in. I know how to keep getting clients. And I know when I stick to my formula of doing it, it works. But I what's yeah, that formula? That's a good wake up wake up call. What what's the formula? Um, I know there's a certain amount of proposals that I have to submit to various jobs that are being posted, whether it's on Upwork or other job sites, in order to get a certain amount of calls. And from those calls, uh, based on how many of them usually turn into clients, um, I basically know that if I submit a certain amount of time to submit this many proposals to jobs that I know will be a really good fit. Um, then once I get on calls, it's, I know that usually uh, 40% of those will turn into a client. Oh, um, you have somebody do that really. Yeah. Outsource that outsource the, at least the first part. Yeah. You don't have to be submitting the proposals. It's, I assume oh, it's like least, a copy paste right, customized yeah, job. True. So like, yeah. so cut out that piece. If you feel like you have to do the calls, great. But you could also like Clay was saying, train someone to do the calls just like you do them. Yeah. Or even um, finding the leads. What, yeah. what I would do, even just find. What I would do, okay, if I were you in this specific situation, this is exactly what I would do. I would hire somebody to just submit the proposals um, and manage that whole process. Uh, I would, uh, I would also offload some of the project work that you are doing, and then that way you have more time uh, on getting, getting on like sales calls to like close to close mm-hmm. business, but also it frees up your time to do some of the content stuff that you're also wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and then that's kind of phase one. Phase two is I wouldn't hire a salesperson per se, like an outbound salesperson. I would hire mm-hmm. as, as, as soon as like you are getting like, so the combination of somebody doing these proposals and you doing content at the point, there's going to be a point where you're getting so much inbound inquiries, which is a good problem. At that point, I would hire a closer who can just get on a call and just close business. That's a good idea. That's what I would right. do. And then at that okay, point, good that point, you can free up all your time to do nothing but content or whatever it is you want to do. Mm. That's exactly what I would do. That's great. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's super clear. And, to and me. that's something you could you stuff. could easily do over the next eight or twelve months. Like mm-hmm. twelve months from now, you could be totally removed from that process. Yep. 
uh, and, and it could just be chugging along. It'd be that's really a good cool. way to break it down rather than just trying to find somebody to take it all on all at once. Uh huh. Yep. The whole yeah. sales process. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's hiring for two positions. It's you're hiring a setter, which is the person that's going to be submitting the proposals, and then you're hiring a closer. Like that's it. That that's pretty yep. much it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Great. Thank you. That's well, perfect. this has been this has been a lot of fun for me. I've learned stuff from you, Chad. Uh, obviously, learned from Clay as always. Uh, hopefully, you guys have learned a few things as well. I, I think it's been a good conversation. I appreciate you both taking the time today. Yeah, I've really yeah, enjoyed it. Fun. Thank you. You know, right, you Chad, know, it's well, a, well, I, I want to oh. say I want to say one note. This is a this was an interesting episode because the the episode we recorded before this was also a video guy. But the two episodes were completely different, so that's why I love this step, this episode. Completely, I know, it's <laughs> nuts, right? And in fact, I'm excited for Kendrick, who was the previous episode. Uh, and you know, it's no secret we batch record these, so we just got off the phone with Kendrick to get on a call with Chad. And I'm excited for mm-hmm. Kendrick to listen to Chad's episode. He need, yeah, he needed to be because I this. because I think there's some things Chad has figured out that Kendrick is right on the cusp of figuring out. Yeah, it's just so cool. Like it's 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 really it's just fun to watch uh, see everyone in their different phases. And like I said, stuff we learn all the time from from the people we have on as well. Like we, you know, we act like we are these all knowing coaches or whatever. But it's just fun to have people on, and and we all learn together. So, mm-hmm. uh, so hasn't been great. Yeah, let that let that be a plug as well. We we want you to jump on the show with us. It's a ton of fun. At least it seems like at least we're having fun. I don't know, Chad. <laughs> was it fun for you too? Oh, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so visit freelance2founder.com. There's a little, uh, you scroll to the bottom of the page. There's just a little questionnaire you fill out and you pick a time on the calendar. And literally, it's, it's a blast. And we'll give you as much helpful advice as we can. And we might hurt your feelings, but it's all because we love you. And we just want your business to do well. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks, thanks again, both of you, for taking time today. We'll wrap the episode with that. But thanks again, Chad. Why don't you just leave really quickly, leave people where they can find you and learn more, especially about your stuff where you're teaching freelancers how to how to succeed. Yeah, you can go to airlight.tv, which is my main website. I also have a blog called Freelancing Dads, uh, specifically for any dads out there. And I'm trying to connect with more dads who are freelancing or trying to transition or considering leaving their employee job. And there you go. They uh, want to try it baby. out. Becoming a dad yeah. for the first time. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Been freelance forever, but now you're going to be a dad. Yep. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right. Cool. Thanks well, so much. Thank you guys. Yeah. Be sure to check out Chad's stuff and you guys take care. Thanks, Chad. All right. See ya. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify. Visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.